Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Follow me on Twitter at MikeFChen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Monday, September 21st, 2020. And to the shock and surprise of everyone, the Big Ten decided not to wait until Monday morning to drop the news of the schedule. They actually did it Saturday morning during Fox's big noon pregame show. And I was shocked, absolutely shocked, because it is not in line with what the Big Ten does. This is not how they work. Typically, what they like to do is they wait for a Monday through Friday, early morning, uh, make an announcement, at least what Kevin Warren has done, not what previously Jim Delaney had done. But right now, the way that Kevin Warren's running it, that's that's his MO. His MO is to... Wait till the morning, uh, make an announcement, and then have a press conference. But it was different. This was clearly different. And the the role of the schedule was, was pretty uh, easy. You know, Big Noon uh, did it. They had all of the, the teams out there. And they kind of did it in sections, which was pretty neat. But really, what you're looking at is, is the fact that the schedule is now known the eight games will be played and I think that the scheduling was done with a little bit of uh, unfairness here and I'm going to single out one team in particular and I think they're getting punished I think they're getting punished for why they spoke up and that is Nebraska Nebraska is set up to have a very rough beginning of the year. Now everyone's like, whoa, look at Nebraska's first four games, blah, 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 first four games. It's three out of four. Let's be real here. That fourth game is the third one against Nebraska. And no lie, Nebraska, I'm Nebraska, I'm sorry, Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern is just not very good. Let's be real here. They're, they're not a good football team. But Nebraska, on the other hand, they're building. They're trying to do something. They're really trying to work towards, you know, getting Scott Frost what he's looking for. Year three, you, you kind of thought I, last year I wholeheartedly bought into the year two jump. I thought that with Adrian Martinez and just finally implementing his system, yeah, year one was really rough for Nebraska but in the Scott Frost era. But I thought that year two was going to be something better. It wasn't. It it really wasn't. And now in year three, oh boy. Oh boy. So listen to these first four games. They open the season October 21st against Ohio State, the defending East champions. Their second game, they are playing Wisconsin, the defending West champions. Those two teams both played each other. For the Big Ten title last year, both of those two teams are the favorites for their sides as well. The aforementioned Northwestern, which will be the third game, and then the second best team in the East would be Penn State. They play Penn State in their fourth game. That's a murderer's row. Now it gets significantly easier than that. They play Illinois, they play Iowa, and Iowa, I think they'll be good, but I don't think they'll be as great. Then you're looking at a Purdue team, and then they finish the season off with Minnesota, 
And then what the Big Ten is calling Big Ten Champions Week, East versus West. That still, uh, that still is unknown as to how they're going to do that. Uh, the way that they're going to play those games, we don't know if they're playing on a neutral site. We don't know if the quote-unquote higher seed is going to host a game. We don't know if they're just going to coin toss to see who will be hosting that game. We don't know. What we do know is, is that we have a schedule. We have a schedule. And when you look at it, there are some teams that have an easy run at it. Let's take a look at Ohio State's schedule, the perceived leader of the clubhouse of the Big Ten. And when you look at their schedule, they got it easy. So they kick off with Nebraska, like we just said. They've got Penn State in their second week. And then it gets pretty damn easy going forward. Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan State until they play Michigan the final game of the season, of the regular season, before championship week. Wow. They really have two games here. They got it easy. They got it really easy. Let's take a look at Penn State. Indiana, Ohio State, Maryland, Nebraska, Iowa, Michigan, Rutgers, Michigan State. Penn State's got it pretty damn easy, too. They've got two games on there. That would scare me at this point in time. You got the Ohio State game and the Michigan game. Those are the two. I love the fact that they tried to have the regional final game matchups as best they could. When you look across the board, Illinois is playing Northwestern. Iowa plays Wisconsin. Minnesota plays Nebraska. Purdue plays Indiana. You've got Ohio State and Michigan, Michigan State and Penn State, Rutgers and Maryland. That That's the kind of good scheduling that you want to see. Because when the Big Ten initially rolled out their revised number schedule number two, you're looking at the potential of Ohio State and Michigan playing in the second week of the season. That's not Big Ten football. That's not. And for them to revert back and realize that they made a mistake was, it was almost a godsend. Because now, this is real Big Ten football. Having your rivalry game, that last game of the year, that, that's what Big Ten football is all about. That's what we all anticipate. That's what we all watch for. And we're getting it. We're getting it back. And I love the Champions Week. I love that. I'll reiterate it like I did last week when they rolled it out. I think it's fantastic. I think going forward, they could... Excuse me. I think that the Big Ten will be able to actually do this going forward. What they can do is, as opposed to having a nine-game conference schedule, they can cut it to eight and have this kind of action for that final week. I love it. I think it's fantastic, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm a big fan, real big fan. I'd love to see it going forward. Uh, we will see about that, but it, there's potential. There's tons of potential there for something to happen. So with all of that on 
note, uh, the 247 experts over there ranked the team's schedule by toughness. And uh, like I said, Ohio State's got it easy. They ranked them with a 14th most difficult schedule. You've got the best team in the Big Ten having the easiest schedule in the conference. That is going to be tough for everyone else. They've got the Badgers right behind them at 13, Purdue at 12, Penn State at 11, Minnesota at 10, Northwestern at 9, Iowa at 8, the Illini. I have an average medium schedule at 7, Michigan is at 6, Penn State has a tough one at 5, although I don't think it was super tough. Uh, Rutgers has 4, Maryland is 3, Indiana is 2, and the Singled out at the beginning of the podcast, Nebraska. They've got it the roughest. They really do. They really do. And with all of that, the Big Ten making their announcement prior to the weekend, you know, getting all of their scheduling up for the obvious, uh, the pundits to take a look and figure out what's going on, this and that. Well, they were uh, interestingly included into the Amway coaches poll. And that uh, that is something that I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Um, but that's it's very interesting. The AP uh, won't put the Big Ten back until next week. So therefore, we're not even going to update the AP. But we will update the coaches. And uh, the, the coaches poll, uh, like I said, a little bit weird uh, because of the fact that you know, you've got Big Ten teams on there that were ranked, and now the Big Ten is back. So the highest-ranked Big Ten team is Ohio State. And at the beginning of the year, at the AP, uh, they were getting some votes for number one. They were the second team behind Clemson. Well, they're going to have to jump a bunch of teams because I wouldn't say that the coaches' poll is punishing the Big Ten. I just think that they're putting them in a position where they have to earn it. They're going to have to earn it back. So the Buckeyes are 10th overall in the country. They are the highest-rated team in the Big Ten. They actually got two votes for number one, which is kind of weird, but it is what it is. You've got Penn State uh, at 13. You've got Wisconsin at 17. You've got Michigan at 19. And then the final Big Ten team that is ranked would be Minnesota at 22. Yeah, sounds about right. Uh, I think that this is exactly where they should be. Um, there were a couple other Big Ten teams that were receiving votes. Uh, Iowa got some votes. Um, but they're, you know, when you look at where they're getting their votes, uh, they're pretty far back. Nebraska got a couple of votes as well. Uh, but they, they wouldn't be like, you know, 26, 27, 28. They were close to like 40, 45, 50. Uh, so, it's interesting. Uh, th- this whole season's going to be completely wacky and crazy, but it-, it is what it is. And, you know, with the announcement and the schedule and everything, there are players that have come out and decided that they want to return, just like the Big Ten. And uh, I updated some of these on Friday. Well, I'm going to update a couple more today because the information that we had on Thursday heading into Friday, completely different than the information that I have today. And so when uh, I looked this up on Friday, I, I noticed that you know there's not a lot about Michigan State and Jacob Panasuic, uh, his return. Well, guess what? This weekend, Panasuic, he's back. 
back with the Spartans. I thought this one was a, a slam dunk decision because the reason why he opted out was due to the Big Ten flip-flopping, the coronavirus concerns, and now with rapid testing, they have a way of doing that. It is much easier. And the fact that he wasn't declaring for the NFL. Panasuic was taking a red shirt and not going to go off to the NFL. So I thought that was key in his because the hurdles to jump were much easier. Whereas, say, Ohio State, Ohio State, due to the fact that Wyatt Davis actually signed with an agent, he's going to have to go through an NCAA hurdle. And that's actually the same thing that Rashad Bateman's going to have to go to. Because when I told you on Friday uh, what happened with Rashad Bateman, Rashad Bateman uh, was texted by Coach P.J. Fleck, and P.J. Fleck got a single-word response from him. It was, can't. Well, they've looked into it. Uh, All the chatter on Saturday was that Bateman wanted to return and play for Minnesota. Well, it evolved on Saturday to Sunday morning when Bateman announced that he was going to return. So there are some hurdles that... Uh, you know, that that are going to have to go through for Bateman to get back onto the field for Minnesota. But I think, and and the similar situation from Wyatt Davis at Ohio State, you have to think that this is something that the NCAA is going to allow back. I think they're going to make this one a one-off. This season's a one-off anyways. So I, I think that, the players who opted out and who want to revert back and actually play a season, even though they are going to sign with agents or have signed with agents already, I don't think the Big Ten's going to punish those players. I think the Big Ten's going to realize that their actions forced some of their hands for some of their players. And as long as you know it, it's documented and that they know what's going on, I think that they're going to make sure that these players are eligible and ready to play for the Big Ten season this fall. Because I think that's fair. I really do. And I hope that the NCAA sees it the same way. Because we all know the NCAA makes some crazy-ass decisions. They are definitely an organization that picks and chooses who they like, who they don't like, what they're going to do, what they won't do. It's absolutely ridiculous. I wish that the NCAA would just have a straight baseline as to how things would go, but they don't. So it is what it is. All right, over to Michigan. Michigan's getting their offensive tackle, Jalen Mayfield, back. This is a huge one for him. Huge. Mayfield uh, started all the games last year as a sophomore, was entering his junior season, already was getting a lot of hype being a first-round pick, even before the season started, continues to get that hype right now. So the return of Jalen Mayfield, when you're getting a big-time tackle back, especially when you're looking at what happened with their quarterback situation, uh, Dylan McCaffrey opting out and transferring, uh, giving Joe Milton the show for a first-year starting quarterback. And yes, Milton's played. Milton's got some run behind Shea Patterson the last couple of years. But Milton's never really started. It's never been his show. Well, this is his show for the Michigan Wolverines. And when you have a offensive tackle, the caliber of Jalen Mayfield's being able to protect you, it 
it's nothing but a good thing. So Mayfield returns. Uh, we will return to Michigan in a moment, though, for some recruiting news before I update you on the national recruiting uh, uh, rankings by 247 Sports. But one other player that we're going to look at, and that's Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons, he was one of the first. Actually, you know what? I believe he was the first player in the Big Ten to decide that he was going to opt out and not play. Well, guess what? James Franklin is trying to get Micah Parsons back, and I do not blame him. He's the best player on his team, the best player on his defense. He's the one that solidifies everything for them. And it makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense for James Franklin to reach out to Michael Parsons and say, hey, let's go. Come on. Let's get back here. We can do this. We're going to have an opportunity to play this year. Let's go. I think he's going to come back. I think he does. I think he does. There was some COVID-19 news that happened over the weekend uh, before we get to some recruiting. And... So I just wanted to give you an example as to what the Big Ten is about to do right now. So the Michigan State Spartans released their COVID numbers. Uh, They had 45 positives out of 376 tests. That right now puts them at 11.9%. Remember when the Big Ten rolled out the schedule, the new schedule, and they came out with guidelines for COVID-19. And so at first I didn't quite understand what the hell they were talking about, but as I read into it a little bit more, it became much more clear. This The 7.5% community rate has to do with all athletes. It has to do with the coaches as well. Uh, the the 5% team rate, that makes sense. And when, when they said community, I was just, that was the confusing part, obviously. It wasn't very clear, but it makes more sense now. So with that in mind, the community rate for Michigan State at this moment, if we were in season, they would have to lock down for a week because it is almost 12%, 11.9. Those 45 out of 376 tests, they're putting the onus on the Big Ten players. They're really doing that. And I think that's the smart thing to do. If you want to play football, this is what you have to do. I mean, when you look across the country, there are the other leagues aren't doing something like this. The Big Ten is the only league that's having a, a, a positivity percentage. They're, they're, they're having positivity rates. The only league across the country that's doing it. No SEC, no ACC, no Big 12. We're unsure about the Pac-12. It looks like what's trending is that they're going to make an announcement on Friday, either Thursday or Friday, that their return is on the way as well. But back to the percentages, yeah, that's that's no good. So Michigan State, if this was in season, Michigan State would be getting shut down for a week. Let's look at their state mates in Michigan. And I'm not even going to do the math here. Well, I will do the math, but I know for a fact that this is a good number. This is a really good number. Michigan tested 1,120 athletes last week. Seven positives. Seven. Now, it was unknown as to which sports those athletes played in. But I will tell you is it's a 0.006% positivity rate. 
Michigan's playing. In this model, in the new Big Ten, Michigan would be on the field this week. No questions asked. The university has done a good job uh, from what I know, and as long as none of these positives are on the football team, I believe that's seven weeks now. Seven weeks with no positive cases for the football team. But I don't know. I don't know who these seven athletes, student athletes that got tested were, but there's a possibility that there were some football players, but we don't know that information yet. But regardless of the situation of who it is, Michigan's playing under 1% positivity rate, 100% they are playing. So I told you that there was some Michigan recruiting news. It wasn't so good. Uh, They're losing commit Casey Finney, the linebacker from the 21 class. This follows Marcus Allen, who has left as well. So uh, unfortunately for Michigan, uh, they're starting to lose some recruits. And, uh, you know, this is now's not the time. This is not when you want to do it. Uh, ideally, you'd like to see this happen um, in March and April, uh, mostly because you want the ability to go out and to re recruit some of these players and to ha- do that while the, the first signing period is coming up soon. It's. About three months away, right around there. And that's not a lot of time in the recruiting world. You spend years recruiting these young men. Two to three years recruiting these young men, establishing those relationships. And when you think about it over that course of time, when you're looking at 36 months, three months, that's a really short period of time. Really short period of time. So... Uh, not good news coming out of Michigan. So let's recruit the, I'm sorry, the update, the recruiting rankings. Uh, we'll start with the Buckeyes holding steady at number two. Uh, like we said last week, Alabama had passed them, uh, but uh, there's potential for Ohio State to, to make a move as well. Uh, with Michigan losing a commit, they have almost dropped out of the top 10. They are hanging on right now. They are 10th overall in the country. They've got 20 commits and you're moving down a little bit you're going to find wisconsin they are 16th overall in the country they have 18 commits you've got the terrapins you've got the hawkeyes and the corn huskers all grouped together 20 21 22 maryland's got 20 commits iowa has 17 nebraska at 22 has 18 minnesota just outside of the top 25 they are 27th overall they have 16 commits And then you're going to have to go a little bit lower to Penn State at 34th overall in the country. And James Franklin actually spoke on this this past weekend and said the recruiting this week, I'm sorry, this year for this cycle has just not been up to par. And I'm not going to lie, I don't disagree with him. I think that at this point in time, during a regular year, you're looking at Penn State being in the top 15 at worst. Well, 34th overall in the country is not very good, but... What I will tell you, though, is they only have 13 commits, and they're going to get that number higher. And I guarantee you that they'll finish a little bit higher. Not a little bit. I think they'll finish with a top 10 class. I really do. All right. Rutgers is 37th overall. Uh, They have 22 commits. Not much wiggle room for Greg Schiano and his squad. You've got the... Wildcats of Northwestern, they are 49th overall. They have 14 commits. There's a pretty small class. You've got Michigan State 
15 commits, 53rd overall in the country. You've got the Hoosiers. They're slowing down on the recruiting trail as well. Only 13 commits. They are 58th in the country. You've got the Fighting Illini. They are 62nd overall in the country. They have 16 commits. And then we're going to go and have to go down the list, unfortunately. Purdue still. Uh, they are struggling hard on the recruiting trail. 83rd overall in the country. They have 10 commits right now. Jeff Brom really needs to start pushing the envelope there on the recruiting side of things because uh, having that kind of class and wanting to compete inside the Big Ten, I hate to say it, Jeff, but that's just not going to happen. Got to be better. Have to be better. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a happy Monday, Big Ten fans. I will talk to you tomorrow morning.